Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Savaged Unfiltered. This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. More technical problems. We live in the 21st century. Savaged Unfiltered. You know we gave $30 billion this weekend? Your host, Michael Garner. Like a Hellcat. Welcome. Uh, thank you for accepting the invite for part two of Fitz Kohler, uh, which, guys, if you missed the first episode, I highly suggest you check that out. Uh, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, if my timing is correct. So, yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, we got into an amazing, amazing story with Fitz. So uh, we're going to we're gonna share some of that story, relive it a little bit, and then get into some of her, um, her uh, personal story. Uh, she had battled here with, uh, with cancer, uh, which, I mean, it's, it's terrible. People go through it. But it's, you, know what's, you know what's wonderful about it? When people overcome it. And uh, Fitz has overcome some many, many struggles in her life. So, without further ado, Fitz, uh, what's going on? How how was how was your Christmas, by the way? Before we start, well, the show? hey, thank you for having me back for round number two. I'm looking forward to round number seventeen someday. Uh, Christmas oh. was spectacular. It was low key. I didn't have to leave my home. My kids were happy with their gifts, so I can't ask for any more than that. How was yours? Yeah. Uh, well, it was it was okay. Um, Let's just say it was okay. Uh, got to f- spend it with some family up in Northwest Georgia, up in the mountains. Uh, nice. Very, very cold up there. It was like 20 yeah. degrees. Um, I, I was definitely missing my Florida, you know, mm-hmm. even though I heard Florida was, Florida got down to the 40s, I heard. So. It was 18 in Gainesville. We hit the 20s uh, five days in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was very cold. You get, so you hit you hit twenty degrees. Yeah, we hit eighteen degrees. So it was eighteen on Christmas morning, and the other days oh. it went down into the early twenties. So yeah, it was it was painfully cold oh, wow. and uh, rude because it's Florida. Shouldn't be that way. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. Um, but uh, but the worst part about the transfer between Birmingham, Alabama, to Orlando. Uh, that was only supposed to be a 25 minute uh, layover turned into four hours due to uh, black ice. Uh, so, oof. yeah, you know what? I travel so much throughout the year and I definitely hit roadblocks in the air and have extended layovers, but I was very happy not to be on the road for Christmas for sure. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Like the, uh, everybody has to, you know, make sure that uh, airports are safe and, uh, 
They're okay for travelers to travel in and everything else. But I mean, with modern technology, you would think that they would have some type of heater or some type of machine to constantly clear that black ice for hours. Yeah. Well, when uh, when perfect happens, I'll let you know. But for right now, we just have to deal with human human error and you know weather obstacles. But it's fine. You got you got home in one piece. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four hours later, six thirty in the morning, but. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, so Fitz, uh, I want to, I want to continue some of your, uh, your story, you know, some of your journey from, uh, how you, you know, um, pretty much got into the fitness world, you know, uh, folks, she is a, uh, uh, a fitness expert. Uh, she little, I mean, Fitz, you, you pretty much like live and breathe and sweat fitness, right? Yeah, I mean, professionally, it's who I am. And yeah, I have a master's degree and I've been teaching for decades. And it's it's a legit profession at this point. It's not a job. It's it's what I do. And I love it. I absolutely adore it. Well, I mean, it, it's okay. I mean, even though it's not a job, it's it's your passion. It's 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 your well, life. And I mean, Mike, can... what I'm saying is it's not a job. It's a career. Yeah, you know, so many people, they get a certification out of some sort of Cracker Jack box and they teach at a gym for six months or two years. Savaged Unfiltered. And then they go figure out some other way to make a living. Uh, fitness is my living. It's the thing that I paid off my home with and paid off the cars and I go on vacation and you know, it's, it's a real career and, uh, and it's probably the way I do it. You know, I don't work in a gym and I don't do personal training. I do monster events targeted towards large audiences for corporations and I have books and online courses and so forth. So yeah, I mean, I, I do live and eat and breathe fitness, but I also, I, there's a lot of other fun stuff in there for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I meant it, it's not a job. It's, it's, yeah. it's your life. It's, it's, it's how you make a living and, 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 you know, you, you have to understand that folks between a job and a career, a job is something, you know, Hey, you know, like uh, it's just getting me by for a little, a little bit until I find something else or possibly go into a career where I could, you know, eventually retire from have a nice pension when I'm 70 something years old. And that's the difference. A lot of people don't understand that. They're like, oh, it's just a job. Yeah. No, it's not a yeah, job. Yeah, you're it's right. A career. So yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. I mean, it pays the bills, it, it puts the food on the table. And eventually, uh, when Fitz goes to retire from all this, uh, you know, it, it can it can serve you well, you know, later yeah, in life. I also I love what I do so much. I hope I never retire. You know, I just I hope I I die teaching fitness very long time from now. But <laughs> I'd be so sad if I couldn't do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't doubt it, but, uh, but I want to, I want to, you know, kind of pause on the fitness here and I want to get, I want to get into some of your, uh, your journey through all of this. Okay. You know, every story folks, um, you know, has somewhat of, you know, good and, and, you know, ups and downs, you know, we, we all go through struggles in life. Some, sometimes they're, their uh, their hardships, whether it's a job loss or sometimes, folks, it's even uh, simple as a as an illness. Okay, and you know, uh, I, I I really admire people uh, such as Fitz. You know, of what, some of the struggles that she has been through. 
uh, on on a health wise. Um, and Fitz, uh, you you were strong about it. You continued to to push forward, and you you didn't give up. Um, you know, with with with, uh, with the cancer uh, uh, battle. Uh, can you tell the listeners like how? Uh, or what your techniques were, maybe, you know, possibly people that are battling cancer. Like, what drove you to continue fighting and battling through all well, this? Well, you know, we all have that same craving to live, right? People just want to survive. So uh, <laughs> that's number one. That I think that'll be number one for everybody. But when I was diagnosed with cancer, it was uh, less than two months after a sparkling clean mammogram. I found a lump in my breast. And I had almost immediate scans and biopsies and found that it had already spread to several lymph nodes. So I had a sizey tumor, several lymph nodes infected, and I had a very mean, aggressive form of breast cancer that was trying to take me out. And uh, that was pretty scary. I thought for sure it might take me out. Once my oncologist said, no, 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 we've got a cure for your, for you, it's going to be long and you're going to suffer, but you're going to live. And I had decisions to make. And, you know, I just don't, and I don't admire people who play the victim on any level, whether it's your, oh, I don't know, whether it's your gender, or your religion, or your color, or your sickness, or you got hit by a bus. Okay, well, you got hit by a bus. Let's figure out how to make the best of things, right? I'm never going to lie down and say, woe is me. And so that didn't change when I was, uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer. I thought, okay, well, it's going to, cancer's going to do what it's going to do, and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to deal with the ramifications of my treatment. Like I had 15 months of chemo. I had 33 rounds of radiation. I had surgeries. You know, I had all the things, but I had some decisions to make as well. It wasn't just going to be uh, me sitting alone at home, feeling sad, feeling pathetic. And, and I understand why some people just choose to do that, but I had built up an incredible career. I was the race. I was, the voice of dozens of events around the country, the Los Angeles Marathon, the Buffalo Marathon, the Big Sur Marathon. I am the definition of a race mutt. Gasparilla, Monterey Bay Half, OC Marathon. Every single day, people are like, what race do you work for? All of them, all of them. Savaged Unfiltered. many, many more. Those are coveted positions at extraordinary events with incredible people. And I wasn't going to give that up. I just thought, screw that. You know, cancer can do what it's going to do. And the treatment's going to do what it's going to do. But I'm also going to do what I want to do. I'm not letting cancer take my career. And I also wasn't going to let it take time with my kids. And so I decided those two things up front, keeping my career, keeping special opportunities with my kids. And I had no idea what I was going to go through. And so uh, chemo struck and it was vicious. I had six months of chemo. I called it the, I nicknamed it the mean chemo. And then the chemo I had after the mean chemo that for 10 months, that nickname was Godzilla. So as you can imagine, it didn't get much better. Um, and I was violently ill. I was so sick, but I figured it out. I got on over 30 planes leaving Gainesville, Florida to fly around the country to host massive running events and do keynote speaking and so forth. And, uh, you know, sometimes I would be dropped off at the airport and my husband would say, how are you going to do this? And I would look him in the eyes with my bald head and my gray eyes and gray skin. And I would just say, I just am. I just had full faith in me 
And uh, it was hard. It was really hard. If you can imagine, imagine you were wildly hungover or you had the worst stomach bug of your life. Imagine getting oh, on wow. a plane and traveling anywhere in that situation. And that's what I did. Uh, but it all worked out for the best because I would get to where I was going. On occasion, my race directors would help me arrange for IV fluids while I was there. Um, but I would I would often sleep on the hotel bathroom floor, you know, when the, the room won't stop spinning and you just stay on the ground. I would stay, I would sleep on the hotel bathroom floor. Then at 4.30 in the morning, my alarm would go off and I would drag myself up, get dressed, try to put on makeup and uh, drag myself over to the start line. But this is the magic. This is the magic of doing the things that you love to do, doing the, um, being with the th- people you want to be with is when I stepped onto those stages, everything yeah. that was wrong with me disappeared. Absolutely everything fell away. I be- got to be, Oh, full wow. force fits color again, as long as I was on my stages, surrounded by tens of thousands of awesome people. And so um, I made choices and it was really hard to get to those events and it was really hard to get home. But while I was there, it was worth all the struggle because, man, what a wonderful um, opportunity to feel free for for at least the time where I was announcing. Well, I tell you, Fitz, I mean, I don't know if you're, uh, you know, obviously uh, you mentioned some faith in between there. Um, uh, Definitely faith, you know, spirituality. Um, I say people and a lot of people say, you know, faith doesn't matter, especially if you're going through things such as, you know, yourself. But faith does matter. You know, you you need to you you need to uh, believe in yourself to an extent in order to overcome obstacles obstacles, whether they're health obstacles or their personal choice obstacles, or, you know, there may be a job loss or a career loss, anything for that matter. So, you know, you do have to believe in yourself. You do have to have faith in yourself in order to overcome this. And it seems like, you know, you, you, you've been yeah. through hell, yeah. hell and back with, with, with this cancer. And, and, and I really, I really applaud you as, as a person here to, uh, to continue fighting, you know, knowing that, you know, uh, cancer is, is not going to, you know, uh, kick your ass. You know, you're, you're going to, you're going to overcome it and, and, and you're going to, you know what, Fitz, you're going to kick cancer's ass. And that's what you did. did. You kick cancer's ass and, and, and guess who came out in, in the winning line, the winning line Fitz did, uh, uh, cancer is, is, is like four or five laps behind you and you're, <laughs> and, and you're four or five laps ahead of that. And, and that's great. And, and well, that's I- awesome. Awesome. You know, Mike, I have these three books out. So my noisy cancer comeback is my memoir that was released two years ago. And the ones that are coming out this January 23 are your healthy cancer comeback, sick to strong, which is a blueprint for to help cancer patients and survivors to recover and uh, get fit and healthy again. And then there's a companion journal. But, you know, one of the things I preach in both and all three of those books is just controlling what you can, you know, so I couldn't control the fact that I had Mm -hmm. this cancer. And uh, even though I lived a very healthy lifestyle, you know, there's certainly some cancers that come from lifestyle issues. And then there's some that I, to me, are just a fluke. Uh, So I couldn't control the fact that I had cancer, but I I could definitely control how I responded to it. And I just wasn't going to let it take any more than it had. And I try to encourage other cancer patients to figure out what they can control. Can they control their mindset? Can they surround themselves with things they love? animals or animal videos or watch the sports they love or listen to the great podcast. You know, we could either sit and wallow or we could work it out. And I decided to work it out. And, you know, cancer, um, it it happened. And I'm very fortunate 
I, I survived it all. But I tell you what, if I would have had a different path that I wasn't going to survive, you bet your, uh, your booty, I would have uh, controlled the way things ended for myself. You know, I would have made sure that I was surrounded by the people I love. I would have had Garth Brooks playing in the background. I would have made sure in advance that <laughs> my funeral was set up to be just as I would want it. And so, uh, you know, that's a macabre, sad version of the story. And I'm so grateful it didn't happen, but people need to control what they can. They have to do whatever they can to um, make their days brighter because no one can do it for us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you—you you know, you—you've lived a healthy lifestyle, but you still, you know, contracted um, cancer, and and that's odd too because you usually hear, you know, folks that that do contract cancer sometimes, and this is not always uh, true, but sometimes it is, you know, depending on you know what they put in their bodies, you know, usually a lot of this medication fits, you know, especially today's mod uh, modern medication is filled with uh, cancerous ingredients, cigarettes, and, uh, alcohol, I mean, myself, ex exactly you know like if you're a heavy smoker like what do you think you're putting into your body from those cigarettes yeah i mean of course read, read a warning label folks for cigarettes it's filled with mercury and different types of chemicals that are literally harmful for your body i'm not a smoker i've only smoked maybe twice in my Good. life in high school and that was about it Good. but uh i mean even alcohol too alcohol is, is not no, alcohol is you proven know? to um uh, basically degenerate your cells that make them more susceptible to cancer. I mean, there's a whole list of stuff. I talk about it in the books. There's foods that help and there's foods that hurt. I, and, and I don't even have to be preachy about it because we all know what foods are actually good for us. You know, what food helps? Well, produce helps, need, seeds help, and nuts and legumes and, you know, whole grains are helpful. What's not helpful? Okay, processed meats, processed foods in general, hydrogenated oils. There's, you know, it's a, there's a list in the book. We talk, talk nutrition and there's the food that help and the food that hurts, but people know the difference when you go to the grocery store or a restaurant or your refrigerator, you know, choose the things that will help more often than not. You don't have to be perfect about it. Nobody expects you to be perfect, but there's certainly things. Well, it's, it's hard fits. Yeah, it's it's hard to 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 live that you know that but, healthy lifestyle, especially in today's times where we're seeing like inflation at like a forty year high. You know what? Prices. This economy sucks, but there's still a way around it. You know, if you want to have produce, okay, buy only the things that are in season. That's how I shop. I go, okay, I'm, I'm gonna have watermelon in July. I'm not having watermelon in January because <laughs> it's way eight dollars a pound or whatever. So I stick with the produce items that. I can get my hands on or the ones that are BOGO. Do you know that frozen fruit, frozen produce items are usually more nutritious than the fresh produce items you find on the shelf? And that's because those, those uh, fruits and veggies were immediately frozen right where they were picked. And so they preserve that nutrition and then they maintain the nutrition as they travel mm -hmm. to your grocery store. Fresh fruit and veggies lose nutrition in transport. And so if you can go get yourself the frozen veggies and frozen produce items, those are usually on sale. You can get much better deals on those. Canned fruits and vegetables, as long as they're not dumped in syrups and hydrogenated oils, and then they're pretty good for you. So, so you just got to be smart. You got to make those choices and, um, you know, do a little sales shopping, but you can eat nutritiously even in a terrible economy. Yeah, I think we're... Uh, I. Oh yeah, I mean, I I see a lot of people, even 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 people that uh, would normally uh, buy healthy, 
you know, try to live that healthy lifestyle. And I've talked talking to people, you know, uh, that I know personally, and they're like, you know, Michael, it's, 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 it's really bad that, you know, I, I can't even go to the store. I, I, I used to love going to places like Whole Foods and uh, Trader Joe's here in Florida. And- yep. Uh, but I just I simply can't afford it. And you see some of the most healthiest eaters now fits going into that, you know, that uh, what is that? That per- preserve. Well, here's here's the it. deal. You know, they're buying more of the here's, of the, canned here's stuff. the deal, yeah. Mike, is that uh, people have choices and I'm not going to accept excuses in any category. Even if you're dirt poor, yeah. you can get yourself nutritious food. You can buy it frozen. You can buy it at Walmart. You can buy it at Publix. Publix always has the BOGO. You just have to want it. You know, you just have to want it. Maybe you're not going to be getting organic pumpkin seeds every week, but can you buy some peanuts? For sure. You can get them in a can. You can get them two for one. So healthy food is available. And I I don't accept the uh, theory that it it has simply become unaffordable because they're still charging $4.50 for a bag of Doritos. I see a lot of people buying with food stamps. So um, you just have to make those decisions. And the other thing is exercise is completely free. Oh, I'm not saying that they're they're dirt poor. Yeah, well, I'm just saying saying, is- I'm not saying that they're dirt poor. It's just that people are making more, yeah. Yeah, you you have to make choices. You always have to make the choices. Exercise is free. You can do it naked in your living room. (laughs) It will cost you nothing. You don't need a fancy gym. You don't need equipment. You could just do push-ups and squats and lunges and jump up and down naked. And stretch. <laughs> so, um, uh, fitness. Yeah. Well, if that's your, if that, if that's your, uh, if that's your opinion, I mean, if you want to, guys, if you want to, uh, like, like Fit says, if you want to exercise naked in your in your house, that's that's all. Hey, that's the comforts of your own home. By, that's by right. All means, go ahead. No one's that's right. You. It just, you know what? <laughs> we have control. We can't blame the economy for our lack of fitness. We can't blame. Uh, our family for a history of obesity just because those people behind you are obese doesn't mean you should look you should be accepting of your obesity today the reason you're obese today is not because your grandpa ate horribly it's because you're eating horribly and you can change it and if you're diagnosed with cancer well then you can use nutrition and exercise and sleep and stress management tools to increase your chances of remission and then decrease your chances of recurrence. And so these are very powerful weapons that nobody can take from you, no matter what. They are highly effective tools towards combating disease and increasing overall longevity and health. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, Fitz, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sign guy. I believe that, you know, uh, certain things in life are uh, thrown at us. Uh, on purpose. Uh, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but um, with your battle with cancer, um, I'm not really sure. uh, You know, if, like I said, some things are thrown at people uh, on purpose to, to make better choices. Um, You, you seem like you, you've always lived a healthy lifestyle as a person. And you seem like you were, I mean, you seem like you were always part of like, you know, living that healthy lifestyle, eat exercise correctly and this and that. Um, do you believe that the cancer like maybe taught you something that you weren't, you know, doing right in life or uh, 
like, what do you believe? So I, I do think I did most things right leading up to my diagnosis. I'm a vegetarian. I exercise regularly and okay. aggressively. Um, I used to be overweight as a child and I had an eating disorder. So it's not always been easy, but for the past, you know, few decades since I was a teenager, I've had my head on straight and I've figured things out. Um, I don't believe that any sort of deity up in the sky planted a seed of doom in my boob. I just refuse to believe that. However, um, what I do think is I would be an absolute moron if I wouldn't, if I didn't take um, a good look at my experiences and learn from them. Right. And then really because Mm -hmm. of my profession, if I did not pass the information forward to help other cancer patients and survivors go from sick to strong, then I feel like I'd be derelict in my obligation and my duties to help people live better and longer. And so, you know, cancer was horrific. It was also kind of funny. There was a lot of (gasps) funny things that went on. And uh, there were definitely a bunch of silver linings. And uh, yeah, I've taken the good with the bad. And you know, I, I believe cancer's behind me. I really hope and I, that it's not going to come back. I don't think it will. And so I'm, I'm committed to living my life fully and fearlessly now, because after cancer, what in God's earth could be scary? The only caveat on that list is something happening to my kids. So I don't fear anything. I go after adventure as much as possible. I'm willing to get up on a stage and sing karaoke. I mean, you name it. I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah. You, you mentioned funny. Like, how was it funny? Sure. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, like that uh, kind of struck a little odd, yes. oddness there. When, when somebody says it, I see it as funny. I'm like, well, oh, gosh, there funny. was so much like, funny stuff yeah. that goes on. And really, only cancer insiders can know and only cancer insiders can joke about it. But uh, for example, so I lost all my hair, my hair. Actually, I lost about 50 percent of it on stage at the finish line of the Los Angeles Marathon, which was kind of tragic, kind of hilarious. But Um, I came home, I shaved my head and then I had about, I don't know, about a week or two until, until I was headed back to California for another event. And along the way, my nose had started running. I just, I got this really runny nose and a lot of people are allergic to chemo in a variety of ways. So I just thought I was having an allergic reaction, but man, my nose running and running. And so when I announced the next race in Encinitas, California, one of my uh, runners, she finished a race. She had previously uh, beat cancer the year prior. So she crosses the finish line, sees my bald head, and I say, hey, come on over, and we have a hug. And She says, how are things going? Now, I was terribly sick at that point, but I didn't want anyone to know. While I was sick, I never told anyone publicly that I was sick. I always pretended I was fine. And so she came over, I said, oh, well, I'm okay. And I had all these tissues on my on the table on my stage. So I just said, I'm fine. I just have allergies. And she sees all these tissues and she goes, you don't have allergies. And I said, yes, I do. My nose is running like a sieve. She goes, you don't have allergies. I said, yes, I do. And she goes, you don't have any nostril hair. I know. And I I said, what? She goes, you don't have any nostril hair. That's why your nose is running. And I said, but how would she not like, how would she? Yeah, how would because she notice? Because she that lost her nostril hair. It's kind of hard to like notice My, if somebody has because nostril. she had cancer previously. Oh, okay. So okay, I said, I Dana, it. really? And I said, Look, <laughs> I tilted my head back and she looks at my nose. She goes, You have no nostril hair in there. And I said, Damn it. And so my nose still runs today because I've only gained regained some of my nostril hair. So that was kind of funny. 
I, I was about to say only partial. Right? So my nose still runs, not as egregiously as it used to. Um, oh, but okay. the other funny thing was, uh, I mean, I think I'd been on chemo for two months at this point, and I was announcing the Big Sur Marathon. So I woke up one morning and I jumped in the shower, and you know, showers were quick and easy because I was bald and it just, you know, I could dry everything off with a quick towel rub, and I was done. So I'm, right. I um, go to take my first look in the mirror, the bathroom mirror. And when I do that, what I see is that my pale gray eyes, I'm one of those people my whole life, everyone has said, whoa, your eyes are so gray. That's so unusual. They're, they're, they're silver. My silver eyes were navy blue saucers. My eyes changed color. So I'm standing oh, wow. there staring in the mirror thinking, what in the world? And they're- What, what color were they? They were gray. That's, That's what I'm telling you. They were gray. Color. And now they were navy blue saucers. And so I, I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm thinking, well, should I call 911? What do I do? I'm going to call 911 and say, help, my eyes have changed colors. And so they're <laughs> probably not going to have an answer for that. And then I thought, well, I can still yeah. see. And I have about, I have thousands of people waiting for me. So I guess I just need to go get to work. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm just seeing things, right? Maybe it's, I'm losing my mind. And uh, so I'm fully ready. And then my announcing partner, Rudy, comes and knocks on the door. And I open it up. And the second I do, he looks at me. And he says, what the hell happened to your eyes? Oh, and I thought, I know. Isn't that weird? So my eyes went. They used to be super gray, super silver. Now they're, uh, and then they were navy. Now they're royal blue. Now they're just royal blue, which makes no sense at all. Thanks, chemo. Yeah. Wow. So you uh so you got it so you got an eye color change through the can. Bizarre. Sure. Um I'd never heard that yeah. before. Um I just yeah, I mean I've had some family members that have, you know, had cancer and sadly they had passed away. Um but uh I never heard of the yeah, eye color. Yeah, so wow. Michael, that's, that's one of the reasons I wrote my noisy cancer comeback is because you know, when things started to go sideways for me, Nobody had warned me about all the things that might go sideways. You know, they said, hey, you might lose your hair. You might be sick. And I was. I was. But then all these weird things started happening. And I kept thinking, how come nobody talks about this stuff? How come there's no network of cancer patients sharing all the gory details? And so that's what I decided. You know, it was um, I wrote the book because. A, I thought some of my situations were hilarious. I thought, well, people would get a really good kick out of this. They would laugh. They would enjoy laughing at my expense with my permission. And uh, then the other reason is I thought, well, I, I have the ability to help other people get through this better, uh, like I did, by, by pursuing life, by pursuing a great attitude and uh, controlling the things that I can and they can. And so that's where that book came from. But yeah, cancer can definitely be funny. And I I do a lot of keynotes and talk about this stuff, and it actually makes me so happy when uh, my audience is falling apart laughing as I'm telling them about my cancer debacle. Well, I'm I'm going to tell you, uh, listening to it, I, I wouldn't laugh, but uh, you I, would. I, mean, I would laugh on certain things, but I wouldn't laugh, you know. Well, 
Well, I, I mean, you know what I mean, Fitz. I mean, cancer is, it, I mean, it shouldn't be laughed about. I mean, it's a serious disease. Hey, but know. you know what? There's there's certainly room for crying. And uh, I tell the truth in the book. And so when people reach out, they say, I, cr- you, I cried, but I laughed a whole lot mm. more. And um, that's, the, that's the intention of my book. You know, when it comes to cancer, everything is so sad, 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 and scary, 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 and macabre. It's just dark and dreary. And uh, it's... I think the cancer world needs someone to show up with a big freaking smile on her face and say, okay, but we can do better. This is hard, but you can do hard things and you get no extra points for being the saddest girl or guy in the room. So buck up. Here are ways to lift your spirits because this isn't a one day affair. This is often months or years at a time. And what a waste of your days if you don't find joy amongst every last one of them. Oh, yeah. And I like the word buck up, you know, buck up, you know, like suck it up, suck it up, buttercup, you know, and cry when you need to. I certainly did. I cried every day, but then I would put on my, I dried my tears and I put on my big girl panties and I'd go do life. And I was always grateful that I made those decisions to show up when my kids had a show or a ceremony or a sporting event. And I was definitely grateful when I showed up for my career because, you know, my kids and my career provided so much joy. And if I had stayed home, Instead of pursuing those things, all I would have been was sick. All I would have been was sick. And so it mattered that I got up and I went. And my oncologist never once encouraged me to stay home. He never told me to wear a mask or hide out or any of those things. He said, Fitz, you go live life. Quality matters. And it did. There's only one uh, merry-go-round, folks. And that's that's all you get. You know, you live life to the fullest. and. Yeah. There's going to be some bumpy, uh, bumpy stumps along the ride, but you know, Hey, that's, that's life. You know, we all have our hardships, no matter how you want to admit to it or not, we're all going to have hardships in life. I've had many, many hardships in my life. I faced a lot of obstacles, um, and I overcame them, you know, and that's, I think that's, I think that's the message behind life. It's, you know well, I, mean? I think so. And the reality is nobody gets out unscathed. So prepare your body, prepare your brain for illness or injury right now because tragedy or crisis will strike and hopefully you know how to deal with it. You know, you, you, you have your time to grieve and then you have your time to focus on the good things in life and they exist even for the people in the worst situations. And, you know, my perspective was I'm not a kid with cancer and gosh, can you imagine how much worse that would be to be a little three-year-old child with cancer um, than being an adult? And then I also thought, well, it's not my kid with cancer and, you know, wow, am I grateful? I'm not a kid with cancer and it's not my kid with cancer. And so I decided to find um, the bright side. I think kids, yeah, I think kids, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they don't know how to react to that type of illness like adults can. I mean, adults can, I mean, we all, we have different reactions than children, obviously, but I mean, I mean, I could imagine a child, a little three-year-old child having cancer. I, I, I couldn't imagine what they're going through that, that part. I couldn't That's imagine right. like how they would react to it and everything else. They would, I mean, it would scare the hell out of them. Of course. You know? And it's, you know what, here's, here's the reality is that kids are really resilient, right? They're, um, they're, uh, they're easily distractible by 
wonderful things, right? Adults tend to harp, harp on the negative. I mean, people on social media, pray for me. I sprained my ankle or, oh my gosh, I had COVID last month and I'm still coughing. Okay. Everybody needs to know that you still cough. Like, why is this tragedy? Kids don't do that. If they cough a month later, they just cough. They don't tell you about it. They don't bemoan it. They don't beg for prayers. They just get on with it. They want to go outside and play. So, um, yeah, Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned COVID fits. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I gotta, I gotta step something real quick with the COVID. I, I think this whole COVID thing, yes, it's a serious illness, it's a disease folks, but still let's not let it take our lives away. Let's, I mean, I think that's why a lot of governors, even our great state uh, here of Florida, I think that's why Ron DeSantis would literally, like said, you know, we need to move on with our lives and stop letting a disease or an illness control it. And that's what we see with COVID. You know, a lot wow. of people were like, oh, God, uh, I mean, come on. I mean, uh, listen, I got a heart, but I mean, you know, move on with your life. I mean, stop letting something dictate it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. When I was but, yeah. uh, officially the most immune compromised person on planet Earth, I got on 30 something planes and I went and hugged thousands of sweaty, germy strangers and my life was better for it. I don't identify with the urge or the instinct to hide out and be fearful. I think life is not worth living if we don't have freedom. Like there's absolutely no value in life, period, without freedom. And uh, for me, there's no value without uh, these wonderful people. I just I'm I'm big on engaging and I'm big on smiles. And then when you cover your smile up with, with a mask, I just think. It's a strange thing to do. It's your prerogative. If you want to keep doing it, fine. Um, but I, I prefer freedom and fresh air and smiles, and uh, that'll never change for me. And uh, and oh, I mean, what what a message to say to people. I mean, you know, like especially in today's times where people seem to uh, give up on a lot of different types of things you know whether it's health whether it's uh just family uh friends i mean you name it uh people i don't know if it's uh, you know maybe maybe because of the pandemic i don't think it was never about a pandemic i think it was about a lot of other political bullshit if you ask me but i mean a lot of people now they they seem to have given up on hope um I don't know if you see it like that, but I see it. I see a lot of people more miserable now, more depressed in life. <laughs> you know what? I feel honestly like the world has gotten back to normal. I, 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 I definitely see people getting back to normal. I don't have anyone who seems leery to give hugs or hold hands or connect. And maybe it's because I'm in this really wonderful athletic running world that People are more go-getters and gamers and they're traveling and having fun and connecting again. But uh, or, or maybe it's just yeah, the I mean, state I of just... Florida, Fitz. I see that because we live in a, in a different state. But I, I'm talking about the environment, the atmosphere. I mean, because you, you, you put uh, politics into it and uh, it depends on the uh, on the environment. I know a lot of people that live up in New York City that, that are depressed. I mean, uh, they're like, oh, oh, shit, you know, I can't afford my mortgage or my, you know, my rent and this and that. And why is everything more expensive than it actually is? I'm like, well, hopefully well, people have that problem down in Florida. Yeah, you, our, our votes <laughs> matter. All of our votes matter. And this is a, a sturdy price. Ronald Reagan said, you know, were you are you better now than you were four years ago? 
and, and that's a question Americans need to answer next time they go into the voting booth. Are you better now than you were four years ago? And if not, you need to um, choose something different. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, a very great political message to end the show. And hey, listen, we all have voices. Uh, we can use them or we cannot. And, you know, I believe in freedom over choice, right? Or at least somebody else's choice for that, that they have for you. I believe that we should have our own choices. And if we do not elect our choices to be right, well, then the outcome basically decides the future for us and we shouldn't live like that guys you just heard fitz kohler part two here on the show savaged unfiltered a pleasure uh you can reach her on fitzness.com which is f-i-t-z-n-e-s-s so fitness.com um fitz thank you very much for joining and uh as always guys remember keep it savaged and we will see you very very soon remember to hit that like and follow button on all major podcast platforms and uh i'm out of here guys have a good good rest of your week take it easy